What's going on, world? It's your boy. Oh, we was good? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Soul searching, man. I'm throwing you off with these. Uh, <laughs> that, no, that should be the intro. <laughs> then leave it the way it is. Leave it in, Mike. Leave it in. Yeah. We don't care. It's soul searching. It's all right. Nothing is perfect. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> What's going on, world? It's your boy, Soulful Mike here. That's uh, right. Go ahead, Rome. Introduce yourself, Rome. Listen, man. It's me, Uptown, Downtown, Rome's around, man. I'm here. It's a little different introduction this time. Uh, we were fortunate to have an interview with uh, Rich Araney, owner yes. of Chucky's um, in New York City. Yes. So uh, we hope you guys enjoy this interview. As always, PGH, practice good hygiene. You have to. Um, you give us five stars. Anything less than five stars, yep. you are a hater. Your mom those mints. you right. Get those you, mints. That's right. Please brush your teeth. No, 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 no. No more mints. Brush, brush your, your teeth. No, no, no. You got to brush your teeth. But you gotta have the mints yeah, too, because after, after a while, breath, yeah. the, you don't want that mass yeah. breath. You don't want that. Yeah. So please, PGH, <laughs> the threat level is still red. Yes. The Rona is back in yes. full force. It's getting stronger for some reason. So please Hate wash, it. sanitize. Yep. Use bleach. All that. Whatever's needed, man. All of that. Just make sure you clean, man. We hope you guys enjoy this interview. Yes. <laughs> there we go. So search it. Right. It's Mike and Jerome. Yes. Yes. Nice meeting, guys. I'm Rich, and uh, this is Brad that's with me. How you doing, How Brad? You doing, nice Brad? to meet you. I got to tell you, congratulations, you guys, for making a podcast on a subject of sneakers. I thought that was so great and so clever. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Just, you know, it's something we love and are passionate about, so yes, it, it's, it's natural for us. <laughs> I think that's so great. Thank you. Appreciate it. I have nephews that are obsessed with sneakers. As you well know. Uh, so, so you know about the shoe game. Yeah, so you good, know about the sneaker good. game and, and what it entails. <laughs> yes. I do. I know about the shoe game. And I got to tell you something. I was not on board with sneakers. Ooh. I was not on board with sneakers. I got to tell you. You know, I'm old school. I was like, it's still a sneaker. I don't care if it's $1,000. You're still wearing a sneaker. <laughs> so it took me a while before I got on board with bringing in um, sneakers to Chucky's. Okay. Okay. Got so you. wait. So I mean, when when did you when did y'all bring sneakers to Chucky's exactly? Well, I'll tell you. The very first I think is what was when Isabel Morant. I don't know if you know the French designer Isabel Morant started those sneakers with the wedge inside. So it wasn't really. It didn't really look like a sneaker, but it was a sneaker. It was a rubber sole lace up ankle sneaker, and it had a wedge, a hidden wedge inside. Yes. So it looked like you were wearing a flap, but you know all the girls were wearing it, and then Steve Madden copied yeah, it. Yeah. Yep. You got it. You got it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so it's like that's how we kind of started. It was like putting your toe in the water first. And, you know, that I didn't mind. I like that. I, I like the idea of that. It's when the real sneakers started coming into play, when everyone started, you know, coming out with, you know, these racers and runners. And, you know, Lon Vaughn did it in a Chanel way, which was fine. And, you know, they kept getting more and more aggressive. And every designer kept throwing it at you. You know, you went from showroom to showroom in Milan and Paris in New York, and everybody had 10 versions of a sneaker. How many sneakers at $500 can you sell in a designer in a designer shoe store? And plus, you know, we have shoes in our store. So we're trying to sell, you know, our $1,000 Chloe boots or Balenciaga boots or, right. you know, all the beautiful dressy stuff that we had, we were trying to really sell. But, you know, I got to tell you, you guys were on the money because at some point, sneakers kind of made certain clothing look more modern and made the women and even men look more modern that that is a hundred percent true yeah and i think we see it now even more readily with the uh with the jordan one we've seen that dior just did a collaboration with jordan mm -hmm. and they released the dior jordan ones and those cost upwards of two thousand dollars when they came out so I think you're 100% right. The high fashion world and the sneaker world are merging together. Yes, they are merging together. And, you know, it's funny because I'm not a fan of designer sneakers for myself or actually for men in, in, in that, you know, for that matter, not even men. You know, I, I prefer like, you know, I wear running sneakers a lot and okay. I did accidentally stumble across a pair of Lon Von sneakers that I was selling in my store on Madison Avenue. And it was the last pair. It wasn't even my size, but it looked like a runner. It wasn't the cap toe. It wasn't identifiable. So I wound up taking it because it was the last one. The sale was over and I figured, ah, let's see if I wear it. I wound up living in them so much. It felt like a shoe. And this is what I realized about the designer sneaker. They're not really, you don't feel like you're wearing a sneaker. You feel like you're wearing a shoe. They're so sturdy and they're so 
They feel so good on your foot that I wound up going online and buying it the following season in other colors. I got a pair for Brad. And so that was my favorite sneaker until they stopped making that. But um, other than that, I'm not a big fan for designer sneakers for myself. Okay. Gotcha. So, so then I want to ask you then, <clears throat> how do you feel about like Balenciaga making sock shoes now? Because the sock, the sock runner shoe is basically that's a that's a sneakerhead kind of shoe. That's something that's been in our community for a little while, and now the fashion, the high fashion community is starting to put out um, different sock runners. And we heard Cardi B singing about it, and I, I think that it. helped take it to another level too. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel about high end brands using? sock runners and those different kinds of technologies now well it's it's interesting that you say that because i find that the high-end brands over the decades would copy sometimes bridge price points they might sometimes take it to another level but they'd see something at a cheaper price point because you know it's people are more inclined to let's say spend you know 50 or 60 dollars on a crazy sandal with stuff on it than a thousand dollars but i do find that the designer people do look for inspiration everywhere and that does not include the bridge lines the less expensive designers and you know listen i think for the amount that they sell I think it's great. I think it's fine. You know, if somebody wants to have the Balenciaga, I don't know what they retail for these days, a thousand probably. Around um, there. We haven't had that style in a while, but they're so expensive for the people that want to, you know, buy them and that's their thing. Great. But I don't think you need to have necessarily a designer sneaker. I think McQueen was one of my favorite designer sneakers that had its run right. because they were more simplistic to me. Hmm. Right. And then, and he also worked with um, Puma. Too, and right. he made he made those pumas very really simplistic, like you said too. So that does that that does add up. Yeah, see, I I love that. I mean, I don't mind even Stella has uh, the 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 sneaker you with know, Adidas. Yes, yeah, Stella McCartney. Kind of still, yeah, she's doing pretty well with with her sneakers, which I love. We do well with them in the store, mm-hmm. and um, I also do like the um, the Balenciaga, the the, the triple sole. I think is is kind of cool, but again, yes, it's so S, identifiable to a big. moment. Right. And I think that's where I kind of have the, you know, when I walk down the street and I immediately notice the sneakers on somebody immediately, it's kind of like, that's where I feel like, you know, I'm apprehensive about, you know, buying too many, too many styles like that for the store. I feel like it's when it crashes, the problem with the designer business is that you can go all in like we mm-hmm. have, and we've gotten hurt because, you know, when Isabel Morant was doing incredible and we had lists of people to call, you know, suddenly when it dies, Guys, you know it dies. Yes. You can't give them away. And so now if you're stuck with, let's say, 200 pairs of Isabel Moran sneakers that cost you, let's say, 225 to $250, what do you do with that? Exactly. And you're stuck with that product. Because that it's funny you mentioned that because we were talking about um, our, on a previous episode, we were talking about Adidas and how Adidas is having trouble moving any shoe that's not pushed by Kanye West. <clears throat> so does that happen a lot too in in the high end fashion world where a product may be super hot and it might be a might be really on point but it ends up turning out to be really a phase and it's not really something that's going to stay there so how do you yeah. navigate that yeah definitely i think what you said is exactly true and you know that's the whole thing about being a curator and an editor you know it's really risky you know you know there are things that i really love that i've been wrong about but thank goodness for me i've been right more than i've been wrong or i would have been out of business a long time ago right (laughs) right you know and i think when a designer wears something and it's photographed or not when a designer i'm sorry when a celebrity wears something that's photographed and then everybody wants to wear it you know that definitely helps catapult a, a, a designer or a style from a designer but I think these days, I don't think everything is as celebrity driven as it used to be because we have so much of everything out there. So you think because there are so many options, that lessens the impact that celebrities could potentially have on wearing something? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think also celebrities, you know, ever since Louboutin started giving, uh, you know, free shoes to uh, the Kardashians, you know, that's. That's who started the whole free giving away free shit was, you know, Louboutin because he was smart. He was a smart guy. He knew that his shoe was identifiable. You see a red sole and you know it's Louboutin. So what did he do? He shipped boxes of shoes to the, the to the Kardashians and you see all these gorgeous girls, a gaggle of girls wearing all these shoes with red soles on it. And it hit America. And so he was smart. But ever since then, it's kind of like celebrities stopped coming into Chucky's. 
We'd get their stylists coming in saying, oh, yeah, you know, Beyonce wants this or Jennifer Lopez wants that. And I would be like, well, define what you mean by want. I mean, I can give it, I can, we have it to sell. you know, I, I didn't know what they meant, but right. apparently they all meant to just give it to them. Oh, uh, and, and see, that was actually one of my questions I wanted to approach you with, because as you mentioned, Beyonce has been wearing, has been seen wearing your shoes, mm-hmm. Gabrielle Union, Madonna, yep. just to name a few people. What right. happens when those stylists or those people walk into Chucky's and they're like, yeah, they want to wear this shoe, but we kind of don't want to pay for it. What, how do you approach that situation? <laughs> you got, I love the way you say it. they kind of. I wish they were as nice as that. <laughs> so, you know, maybe I'll take care of you in the back, and maybe we can take it. You know, no, it doesn't. It, the good old days of that kind of bartering doesn't uh, doesn't happen anymore. I wish, but they, it's kind of an expected thing now. It's like they think, you know, now obviously we don't give away to just anyone, but, you know, I was thrilled to have Madonna and Beyonce and Gabrielle, you know, and so many others uh, wear my shoes. But, you know, it's kind of a given and you have to know when I produce the shoes, I produce an extra 20, 30 to 50 pairs that I know I'm going to have to give away. And, you know, if the collection doesn't really sell, then I've really lost a lot of money because I've given away all these shoes and they didn't sell at retail. So, you know, everything is such a crapshoot. That's why you really kind of have to love what you're doing and, you know, kind of respect the process. You know, I was very um, I was very, uh, you know, angry and resentful in the beginning, giving away all these free shoes for the few people that you catch wearing them. You know, I've given my shoes to so many celebrities and, you know, we're lucky to have gotten photos of Madonna wearing my shoes more than once or Beyonce wearing my shoes more than once. Or, you know, um, I forgot the models that wore them, but, you know, it's hard to get photos of them, Mm -hmm. you know, but I guess when you let go and you succumb to the system, it's kind of uh, it's definitely um, it's freeing. You realize that this is what I'm going to do. This is how many shoes I'm going to give away. And that's it. Right. So you you pre-plan basically before you even put out your production, you know that maybe about 20 pairs might have to be put to the side potentially in case you have to in case you're giving those away for celebrities or anyone else that's important enough for your shoes. Yeah, now I do. When I started out, I didn't even think it would get to that point. I was just designing shoes just so Chucky's would have a collection that you couldn't find in Bergdorf's, in Barney's, in Jeffrey's, in Saks. And all these stores were open at the time in New York City. And I was the only independent that was carrying Balenciaga, Chloe, Lan Van, uh, Jimmy Choo, Giuseppe, all these collections. I was the only independent. But the problem became is that when you walked into Chucky's, it was just a, a, a time. The editing didn't matter to customers anymore. You know, the curation and editing wasn't so important. So I wanted to give them something else to look at that they couldn't find in all these other stores. And that's what prompted me and propelled me to do the Richarani line. I always liked the idea of um, designing, particularly the shoes with the Lucite heels and the plastic. It kind of had a retro yet modern look. And so this was my excuse to do it. So people came in looking for my shoes. Now, whether they bought them or not is a different issue, but at least they came into Chucky's. Right. And even if they didn't buy my shoes, we sold them as another shoe, something else that they came in for. So we were getting people in the store and then it kind of went to celebrities and then one wanted them. And before I knew it, it kind of snowballed into what you just said. I have to now put aside, I have to make an extra 20 to 50 pairs to give away. It's it's funny you say that because I'm I as you're speaking I'm thinking of the parallels within our our universe in this in the sneaker side and when it comes to sneakers you talked about having experiences and it was the same way before for us when we used to have to line up um different sneakers used to come with a lot of different accessories in the box you got a special box now it's basically who wears the shoe so if Travis Scott or Kanye is seen in the shoe that's going to catapult it to a whole nother level, make it harder to attain. And a lot of the experience isn't there. So when you talked about it in the shoe world and how the experience waned once celebrity influence got up. And then after that, it was like, okay, I'm trying to get people to, to enjoy the experience again. And I think yeah. that's something that's lost nowadays. Absolutely. You're 100 percent correct. And it's lost on, on a few different levels. I mean, it's lost between now even coming into the store and learning about it, right. you know, learning about, you know, how the sneaker was made or there's extra laces and another color or another yeah, fabric or you've lost so many um, elements 
to the whole des- uh, the sneaker and even the shoe business, and I think even retail in general, but sneaker specifically because I find that it's harder to fit sneakers than it is shoes. You know, if a woman is an eight in a shoe and a designer shoe, they're an eight. Right. But the same eight is not going to work if you're buying the Stella McCartney sneaker or if you're buying, you know, the Balenciaga mm. sneaker. Yes. You might be a different size mm. and it's a whole different feeling. So, you know, it might be too heavy for one person. It might, do, you know, be too uh, bulky for somebody else. They'll trip over themselves. Right. So, yeah, it's that whole experience now kind of changed. Everything just has lost a little bit, in my opinion, has lost a little bit of cachet, you know? No, we, we agree 100% on yes, that one. Definitely. The experience isn't there. I wanted to ask, because <clears throat> in the sneaker world right now, um, some of the high end brands are like Fear of God and Off White, and we've seen Two Chains did his uh Versace um collaboration for the Chain Reactions. Yeah. How how are how are companies like Off White and Fear of God? How are they received in the shoe world in that higher up fashion world compared to how they're revered in the sneaker world? Um, I think they are really respected, especially Off White, because. You know, the celebrity status that they do get, unfortunately, drives the public and drives the websites and all these people that, you know, shop online. Right. So because they have such a great, um, I guess, PR uh, machine behind them, uh, you see now kids that can't even afford it are saving up money to buy Mm -hmm. the off-white and buy all these, you know, names that, let's say, the Upper East Side or certain caliber of people in a neighborhood might not know what they are. Right. You know, some people, you know, my customers were not used to all of this. You know, they were, they used to be just a few designers, guys. I don't, you know, I'm sure you guys remember. I mean, you're probably a lot younger than me, but, you know, back in the day, it was like Dolce Gabbana, it was Versace, it was Cavalli. It was, you know, basic six to 12 big, big designers. Now there's like thousands of designers. So it's whichever one, it's whichever one kind of crawls to the top or makes it to the top. And you it's see, the one that makes it. when you say that, I again, I got to keep bringing everything back to the sneaker world. But when you said that, it made me think of shoes with a lot of colorways. Where yes. back in the day when sneakers came out, you basically got maybe three colorways of the shoe. Mm-hmm. So when the Jordan one came out, you got a black and red pair, <laughs> and that right. was your pair. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you got an orange and white pair, orange and black pair, purple and white pair. There's so many different colorways, and it's a lot more to choose from. Do you think that dilutes the pool of quality that's out there? Um, I, you know, no, I don't think the colorways dilutes, although I was never that kind of a buyer. You know, when I used when people used to come into Chucky's and say, oh, I just came from Jeffrey's. I came from Bergdorf's. I couldn't find anything. Guys, I used to say to myself, how could they not find anything? Because I used to shop those stores. They had everything I had multiplied by like three extra colors. But I, I figured out what it was. It was the fact that they weren't overwhelmed and seeing so much. So I'm not – so even though I was not a person to buy things in tons of colors, I don't think it's the so many colorways that dilutes it. I think it's all the people copying everyone that dilutes it. Uh, I think finding the same Jordan, whether it's a Jordan or a copy of it or, you know, or let's just say the Balenciaga sneaker, for instance. You know, you get – from Balenciaga, you get it from Steve Madden. Zara will copy it. Before you know it, it's on the shelf in the same within the same season at every price point. Mm-hmm. That to me dilutes the whole thing. Nobody wants to buy the original, you know, except for the real die-hard fashion people that have the money. Right. Because why buy it if people are going to think it's a copy? That's a hundred percent, and that's one of the things. Again, I'm sorry, I keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, but no, no there, do there, there's a, a, a ongoing case right now between Nike and a shoe designer named Warren Lotus. And he came out with a sneaker that basically is a carbon copy of the Nike Dunk, which was the staple one. And it caught Nike's attention. And they put out the cease and desist immediately like, yeah, this isn't happening. <laughs> they stopped yeah, it really quick. And I, don't blame, and I don't blame them because the whole industry has gone crazy, which is why I have to tell you, I think the Yeezy sneakers, when they came out, I think those were the first sneaker sneaker that I really loved. And of course, when I wanted to buy them, I couldn't find them anywhere. And because I wasn't wearing sneakers that often, I kind of just gave up on them. But he's brilliant. I mean, his showroom in Paris and Milan, I mean, he has such a, a look about him that, you know, it's very specific. It's He's not trying to throw every style against the wall to see what sticks, which is what I find a lot of people do, especially even with sneakers. Mm-hmm. They'll do it with sneakers. You know, if there's a hot sneaker out, they'll try to copy that one sneaker or do something like it and, you know, do it from, you know, copy okay. 10 other sneakers at the same time. You know, that's why I mean, how many sneakers correct. can one own at that price point? I could see the Jordans that are special 
and they're limited editions, you know, if they're a thousand dollars and guys, if that's your thing, the sneakers, that's great. You know, if that's your thing, but we're talking about the average customer. The average customer is not making that kind of money right. to take up a hobby on buying, you know, thousand dollar sneakers. Right. So when it, when it comes to, when it comes to, to different kinds of shoes, I don't know if you're aware of like different apps such as Goat and StockX where people, okay, so on Goat and StockX, on these apps, people will buy a shoe, whether it's the same day it comes out or down the road. And on these apps, they resell the shoe, whether it's at a marked up, super marked up price, if it's marginally marked up. But the hope is that you get a shoe and then you can resell it. Do you think that an avenue like that would be possible for shoes? Because like you said, back in the day, you know, maybe in the 80s, there might have been a pair of Bruno Mollies that were super different, never made again. Do you think that there would ever be a market for reselling when it comes to actual shoes? That's a great question. I have to tell you, that's a great question. And I hate to be negative, but I I don't see it. I don't see it maybe because shoes are not as popular now as sneakers, as, you know, uh, clogs are really big now. You know, yes. the number six clogs oh, with the yeah. shearling inside. I don't see it being so big that people are going to buy it and resell it unless you had a designer that was smart enough to withhold tons of distribution and not sell it to everyone and they were hard to get. Yeah, maybe then I can see that happening. Mm. But the problem with uh, the shoe designer shoe market is – they sell not only to every single department store, but to every single website. And then the department stores sell it on their website. So when it comes time to cut distribution, the first person they look to is me. I'm the first person to always get cut out. It's like, okay, guys, who do I have to fuck around here? I went through this already 10 years ago and I brought the collection in. And now you want to take it away and I got to fucking do this again? Oh, so it's, it's all about relationships and <laughs> shaking you know, hands. Right? That's right. <laughs> it's guys. It's endless. Just when I think I've solidified a, a collection or a designer, great. We roll with it. They're having a great season. Let's say Valentino, for instance. You know, I carried those ugly bow bags for so long <laughs> until they finally did the rock studs, which was on fire. We did it. We were doing great with it, and all of a sudden we get a call one day. You know, I'm sorry, we can't. You know, we have to cut down on distribution. We can't sell you. I'm like, just in a phone call, years of, of, of pushing your, your merchandise and your product and, wow. and educating people. And just in a one phone call, you're going to take a collection away. Let's have a discussion about it. And this just it was like round in circles. We went through that with Balenciaga, with Prada. And it was just a never ending cycle of pulling distribution because, you know, again, they're not going to pull distribution from the store that's actually destroying their reputation. Right. You know, a Neiman Marcus that buys a thousand colors of the same shoe mm-hmm. and they're thrown all over the shelves because it's not a boutique. Uh-huh. You don't have people there fixing the displays every five minutes like you do in, in, a, in a boutique. And they're selling it on the website. So the very people diluting their, their, their brand are the people that they're actually keeping. <laughs> so it's so – it makes no sense to me. And the thing is too – the people that aren't in the boutiques aren't knowledgeable about the product that they're offering. So when they come to your store, when they come to Chucky's, they're getting that again. It goes back to that experience of having someone who actually knows the shoe that they're selling you. And that makes your buying as a consumer way easier. Yes. See, I love that you know that. I wish you would tell people that more often because that is so true. I came up with a saying. First of all, it is true because when I used to um, – I used to take my mother to buy shoes because I had only high heels at one point. And we would go into Bergdorf so you know, and you get this old guy. I mean not that there's anything wrong, but really the guy had to be what? In his early 70s. <laughs> and I was like, what, you know, what's old – what does he know? You know, really, what does he know, the poor guy? Right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I will tell you, I came up with a phrase. P- customers steal time. What you just said is 100% accurate. They come in for the knowledge of a boutique. Then they go, okay, I'll think about it. And then they want to go buy it somewhere else where their return policy is, you know, whatever. You can wear it for 10 years. And if you're first born, you know, after you're first born, you could return it. <laughs> right. It's a ridiculous thing like that. It, it, again, it's funny you say that because it relates to the sneaker game. Again, as well. I'll be in the store, <laughs> and I know the people may not be knowledgeable at Foot Locker or Finish Line or wherever mm-hmm. I go, but I'll try a pair on for myself 
be like, mm, I'll wait because I know these aren't going to sell out. Mm-hmm. I'll wait and put it back and I'll try a pair on just to see like, okay, this is how this fits on the, on the front. Mm-hmm. All right, the midsole is a little tight here, so I got to mm-hmm. get a half size bigger. So it's funny you say that because I'm guilty of it too. I steal time. But, <laughs> yeah. but I will tell you, I don't mind what you do. You know, if customers did that because they couldn't buy it at full price or didn't want to buy it at full price. They try on one pair of shoes and they say, okay, I'm going to think about it. And they want to wait because they know that it's accessible. That is okay. That doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when they come into the boutique and they don't know what size they are. And we got to pull out a seven and a half and eight and eight and a half, put the pad in the eight and a half. Cause maybe that's more comfortable with a pad. Well, let me show you my dress. And then they show you the dress and you know, we know what they were showing on the runway. We know what's out there. We know what, what to buy because we know the longevity of certain styles. And then they leave. That's when I say you're really, you're stealing my time yeah. and my knowledge. Because right. they basically, basically, they're using you as a stylist at this yes. point for free, right. and then they're exactly. gonna go get it somewhere else, and that's right. not okay. Okay, I, I get the difference. <laughs> yeah, do you guys have a boutique? No, we don't no. have a boutique. But the thing is, though, we do shop at different sneaker boutiques, so we'll go to different stores. And nowadays, that's even harder to find now because of COVID. Yeah, they've caused so many shutdowns. So there are certain boutiques where we were able to go to like blades and places like that where you can mm-hmm. meet people, have knowledgeable people there and actually be able to buy your your shoes that you want, your sneakers that you want. So how is that for you with with COVID going on? How have you been able to to keep the retail space up? Yeah, it's rough guys. It is rough. I will tell you that um we're buying differently now because the look and the image of the way the store looks is not as important as it was before COVID. Right. You know, mm-hmm. before COVID, you had to have a certain look. You had to have certain styles or designers. Even if they didn't sell at full price, we wouldn't mind bringing it in. And for sneakers, too. I mean, we would buy the sneakers from Isabel, from McQueen, from Stella McCartney, from Valencia. I mean, like all these sneakers we would have, even though they didn't necessarily all sell, but we had to have it to show people in the store. So it's changed in a way for the better and in a way not for the better. We're not busy in the store, so it's really rough in that respect. But now we're buying things only for online. So now that we know we're not getting traffic so much in the store, we don't have to worry about spending money on styles that we know are not going to perform at retail. So we're just axing those out now, and we're just depending on our online sales to carry us through for now. For now, for the time being. For the time being, right. Right. So – so what do you think your timeline is? Because it, it looks like we, we're, we're here with COVID for a little while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it ain't going nowhere. And it's not going <laughs> anywhere anytime soon, unfortunately. This unfortunate. is going to play out for me. I mean, I'm exhausted. This whole fashion and where is it going in every season, I don't know if I've been in it too long. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I think it's going to last for a while. And even if it doesn't last, the problem is I think people have gotten so used to shopping online mm-hmm. That it's becoming mm-hmm. second nature. So even if, you know, COVID, you know, we have a vaccine, we have a cure and it completely disappears. I don't think we're going to get the same influx of people because even the older customers now learn how to use the mm-hmm. Internet. Right. They're used I'm to it. Right. So why do they need to come in and see my curation for now? It's the opposite. If my, my stores actually, I'm afraid, might be obsolete because now they don't want to see a curated, edited collection. Now they want to go online because they've been used to doing that. And see if they're going to look for a sneaker, they're going to want to see every single color it comes in right. through around the world. Even if Paris has a special color or Tokyo, they'll get it from their free shipping. So I think that the whole COVID thing is kind of a problem for brick and mortar and for retailers. We're going to have to think of a way to reinvent ourselves without having to give discounts. There has to be another way to reinvent ourselves to bring customers back into the store. So I, but want, I, think- so I want to ask what your line then, because you have your own line. Excuse me, that you're able to sell in store. Would you be able to maybe merge some of those experiences that you talked about before in order to get customers to come into your store? Um, That's also a great uh, question. You know, because I think we're online, we have our own website, the Richarani website, and we're on Farfetch. We try to do that, but I still feel like we've – it's funny because we see what goes out. Even on the Farfetch orders, mm-hmm. we see what shoes go where. And sometimes we'll notice like shoes are going around the corner right on Park Avenue. And <laughs> you know, we'll look at the name and we're like, this bitch lives around the corner. She couldn't just walk. Right. Just walk down on. the stairs and yeah, that's it. You could just come right here. What's going on? <laughs> exactly. Because you know when you buy it online, it's returning it, sending it back. No, mm-hmm. I need the half a size bigger, the half a size smaller. Right. Just coming in right on. 
the store is empty. But, you know, I, it's that's what the problem is. People are getting way too used to shopping online, shopping from their apartment or from their home. And that issue, the online yeah, shopping. Okay. And I think it's for, for some for people like us, we prefer the in-person thing. Because especially when it comes when you was talking about how different things fit differently. So a, a size 12 in Nike isn't a size 12 in Adidas. Nope. And it's not a size 12 in Cole Haan. Or and New it's, Balance. Right. It's, <laughs> it's all different <laughs> sizing. So being able to come into store is really important and vital. And I'm afraid that by like 2022, there won't be any places for us to even go inside to try stuff. To actually see stuff, because even looking on a computer sometimes, the color doesn't match on a computer. What you'll see, what in you'll person. see in person. Yeah, that's true. Guys, you're preaching to the choir. I agree <laughs> with everything you're saying. You're preaching to the choir. I buy stuff online when I had to, even for my kids, and my eyesight is like must be gone <laughs> because I, half the things that come in don't even look like the fabric, the color at so all. I'm, it's to me, it's one of my. I just say, I wish there was a place I can walk in and see, and I'll buy it right then and there. Right, right. exactly. That's the key. So, but. And that's or- the reason why I started the podcast, Rich and Light. It was to drive the traffic for all the customers, the, the for all the customers that used to come to me in the tri-state area. Even people that used to travel used to always come and come into Chucky's, make a stop into Chucky's before they go back. We don't see any of these people anymore. So I figured, you know, let me start the podcast and let's see how it'll work and you know coincide with Chucky's and telling stories about all these women and all these things that have happened because that's really essentially what the podcast winds up to be is me just repeating all the stories that have happened over the years. And so, so in regards to that, then how has social media influenced you in regards to the podcast and for your store for Chucky's? Um, social media, uh, you know, unfortunately for me, doesn't really, um, uh, it doesn't change anything so much for me other than give me anxiety. I mean, everyone around me keeps telling me I have to have a better um, presence on social media, Instagram, right. Instagram, Instagram, and it's not my thing. So I'm not a whole fan of it. I'm like, if you like what I do, like it. If you, if I'm not on Instagram and that's the reason, well, what can I tell you? You know, I'm, I'm old, guys. I'm not so young. I don't have the patience I used to have. Right. Like me, don't like me. Do whatever you want. Just kind of buzz off. I, I, I can't change for you. So it's the same thing I feel about social media. I'm trying to... I'm trying to be social media friendly and I'm doing it. I have people that help me with it, but I'm not a diehard live in my phone. I'm not from that era. I can't, I can't deal with it. So it doesn't really affect me the social media. I kind of do my own thing. And if you like it, that's great. And if you don't like it, it's kind of like my personality. It's kind of not for everybody. You know, (laughs) the people that like me and the ones that think I'm a dick. Okay. You know what I do? Right. Right. So have you, if it comes down to it, would you be willing to expand your store to to different kinds of fashion trends that you see going on? So, like, last year, Feli had a really popular shoe that came out with the shark bottom yeah. that we've seen um, um, Versace in. And the Triple S is kind of based off of this Feli shoe. Could you see yeah, yourself Could you see yourself putting that Feli shoe in your storefront and selling it? Yes, absolutely. What you just said, I would do in a minute. If if I can change up my store every season to what is in fashion for that moment, I would totally do it. I'm not opposed to it because I think the old the old recipe and the old ideology of having, you know, a shoe boutique and building with the designers and, you know, educating people. I think that's already out of that's out of style. Right. I don't think there's any loyalty anymore. I think there are too many copies at every Mm -hmm. price point. So there's no loyalty. So I would do what what you guys said. I mean, yeah, maybe if I decide to do it, I'll call you guys to do it because I think sneakers (laughs) are never going away. No. Yes. For a number of reasons. I don't think sneakers are ever going away. And the fact that I'm so on board now with sneakers and I find myself taking off boots to put on sneakers because I feel they look more modern mm-hmm. says a lot. You know, now I wear my sneakers with blazers, you know, for the summer. I took my dress pants and I cut them. I took dress pants, cut them, put them in the dryer and I let them fray and I wore it with a blazer and my sneakers. Wow. You know, that would that would that sound dope. Never- I like that. That sounds like a <laughs> that awesome sounds, fit. Yes. It sounds like you came out crispy. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, take take, <laughs> take your pants, cut them, and put them in the dryer. It's so cool. With a pair of kicks and a blazer. That's not fire. That's not fire. That's cool. We, we might have to I try love that it. out. Yeah, man. I love that right there. I like that. That's yeah, a good I mean, idea. You know, you got, everyone's got to kind of develop their own style. But yeah, that's how I made sneakers work for me. 
You know, I kind of made it work for me, you know, with my own individual, individual, you know, way. Right. Yeah. And that's all. That's what you have to do. So I, I think, oh, so that that goes perfect with the storefront and mm-hmm. incorporating different shoes that you might like and see. And you will be able to put them into the storefront and hopefully it resonates with the customers as well, too. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. And um, we do get a lot of traffic. I mean, during COVID, not so much. But in general, the good thing about New York City, whether they come in or not, you get a lot of people that walk past your store. Right. So right. the good thing is, is they can walk past the store, come in, not come in, come in and look. But the good thing is they could always buy it online as well. But it's kind of having that presence where they know you're there. They can see the stuff. I don't know. To me, that's still so important. I don't know what the future of that is, but it is important to me. I, we agree. I'm I'm tired of the whole 3D on my foot, what it might yeah. look like. Yeah. No, 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 no. It needs to be in person. We need to see what this is about. Yeah, we need the inside experience. Right. right. Walk into so I'm the curious, spot. what are your guys' favorite sneakers? What do you do? Or they do? does it change every week or every episode because <laughs> you see so much of it? Well, for, for me, I'm a seasonal person. So uh-huh. now that we're in fall and winter, I bring out all my shoes that go with that theme for fall. So I bring in more darker colors, maybe like a mustard yellow for my shoes or maybe like a brownish color. So for me, I'm a seasoned person. What about you, Ron? Me, I'm, I love colors. So if the colors go with my outfit, I'm going to wear it. It doesn't matter what season it doesn't it is. Matter That's what season. me. So I'm, I'm just going to put it together. How many sneakers do you guys have? Me, I'm at... 115 right now. I just gave That's some Mike, away. Right? This yes, is this is my yeah. guess. 115 for me. Jerome? Yeah, I'm about I'm at about 63 or something <laughs> like that. About yeah, I got about 63. I'm trying to catch up to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and they're and they're all sneakers, I'm presuming. They're probably all sneakers. Nah, I have about 10 pair of shoes. I have ten pairs of shoes and about a hundred and so. Oh, if we if we counting the shoes, then yeah. I'm about I'm about at seventy, about seventy one, seventy two. Yeah, I have about yeah. I got 10 about six six seven pairs of shoes. Mm-hmm. I got some Cole Hans and yeah, some Cole, St- Cole Stacey Hans Adams. Yeah, some Stacey Adams in the closet. You know, guys, where the hell do you keep all these shoes and sneakers? <laughs> How big? I mean, we live in Manhattan. I, mean, <laughs> I tell Brad, if he buys something, you've got to throw something out. Oh, look, you take the boxes, you stack them up the mm-hmm. right way. Yep. Then you get your shoe containers and you stack those up. Yeah, they go you... right on top of each <laughs> yep. other. You keep it neat just like that. You got to do it by size order sometimes. Yeah. Make sure the heavy sneakers mm-hmm. are at the bottom. Yep. <laughs> and the ones you wear often, you keep them right where you can grab them. Right. Grab and go. <laughs> grab and wow. go. Love it. You have it down to a science. I love that. You, have, you guys have it down to a science. Yes, it's years of this. Yes. So I wanted to ask, too, when it comes to different shoe brands, so like we talked about Cole Haan, mm-hmm. uh, Stacey Adams, yes. um, Clarks, Clarks, Rockport, Clarks. Rockports, yep. like those are the shoes for us that we were around, like for us growing up. up. Yeah. Like those were the shoes, Hush Puppies. Hush Puppies, can't forget <laughs> about puppies. those. Right. Like, how, how, how are those brands still doing now? Like I know Rockport is with a D, or Clarks is with a, um, with Reebok, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they all yeah. wear Reebok. Yes, yeah. they all. Yes, yes. So how are some of those those classic brands, how are they able to hold up in your it's kind of qu- It's a great question. I, I wish I knew. I kind of really don't know. I know that all of them are still in business because I still see them around. I right. see them sometimes even at some of the shows or, you know, the names on the list of, you know, where their booth is at a show. But, um, you know, I don't know. I think business definitely is not the way it used to be for, for any brands. I mean, I can't imagine – you know, any of these brands doing what perhaps they used to do. I think everyone now, there are so many people that everyone's getting a smaller piece of the pie and you got have to kind of make it work for your business, whether it's less people that work for you or, you know, I don't know, just change the way of, of living. But, you know, based on the designers I've carried, I mean, my brother, Chuck, in his store in Brooklyn, he had one Prada sneaker. He said it was one Prada sneaker that put his kids through school for maybe five years. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> one, that's one, sneaker, one sneaker in one color. He kept reordering it, re-reordering it. And I'm talking about men's mainly. It was the men that were coming in to buy this mm. one sneaker. It was a sneaker, correct? It was a sneaker. I know the shoe. I know the of shoe you're speaking you know, of. I'm sure you know the shoe. It was the Prada Sports sneaker. They kept mm. making it. And I'm not, this wasn't a year. This was more like, this was more like 10 years ago. I'm yes. Going back. yes. But he said it put his kids through school. 
that one sneaker. The ones that we was wearing you know, all year round? The one, but the shoe you're speaking of, Feli decided to make a copy of, the Hurricane Chris joints. The Feliters. Oh, okay, okay, so, okay, okay. I, when you mentioned that shoe, that shoe was really popular yes. in urban mm-hmm. areas. Yes. So we're, we're from the Bronx. Everybody right. at a certain point had, had a, those products yep, on. Had a you had yep. to have a pair of products. Yes. So when you said that, it made 100% sense. <laughs> I'm telling you. So so now you look at that, but then you look at Prada today and, you know, he still has some Prada, but, you know, he buys six pair runs as opposed to the 300 pair runs he used to buy mm-hmm. back in the day. Right. right. And it, di- it died out. Yeah. Like you said, it died yeah. out so fast. Yeah, it did. And then you, yeah. you're stuck with that inventory because no one wants it anymore. Yeah. And that's the problem with riding waves. <laughs> That's the issue right. with it. Yeah. Got to have something else exactly. coming. Man. Right. You have, to, you have to be ahead <laughs> yes. of what it is, and you got to make the right jump, hopefully. Yes. Yeah, and then what's harder even about it in the designer world is that you're buying stuff, you know, now six months in advance. So, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in six months. So, you know, everyone is so much more cautious, especially me. So when I sell out of something and I look and I'm thinking, wow, a $500 sneaker, I could have sold another 100 pairs of it but I didn't buy it. It's too late. I can't get it the next day. So it's like gambling. It's just like gambling. But, you know, you have to play it safe because a bad style buying too much of something yeah. could put you out of business one season if you're not careful. That's definitely. Yeah, I, I can see that, though. I honestly can see that because we've well, seen. You know why? There's a theory. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, you. go ahead. Back in the, I'm going to explain. Back in the day when we started Chucky's, you know, me and my brother used to buy together. This is when we used to be partners. And we used to have these contests that my styles are going to sell and yours are not and he's like well let's buy them both and see like we were so cocky because business was good and even if a shoe didn't sell at full price all you had to do was market 20 percent off and it would fly off the shelves the problem in today's world is that prices have gone so high and there's so many avenues to buy everything that you have to mark shoes down at 70 to 80 off to sell and even then you'll get stuck with some so that's really where the problem is when you're when you get stuck with goods you really get stuck with them i mean 50 off of 500 that's a lot of money still that is so so how do you feel about sites like 6 p.m 6 p.m is one of those sites where they sell shoes at a super discounted price Mm -hmm. because i've gotten pairs of shoes off of there for forty to fifty dollars, a pair of Cole Hans uh-huh. for forty to. So, how do you feel about sites like six PM? Um, it's funny. I don't mind. I, I've been on that site looking for something, but they didn't have my size or the color. I mean, right. I think things like that, I'm okay with. You know, I think that's fine. I think there's a place for that. I think you have to get lucky. If I'm correct, they don't necessarily have everything all the time. They definitely do not. It is a miss. <laughs> yep. So, you know, like I get it. Like that, I can see being a sport for some people. I think what irritates me a little bit more than anything is just having so much product out there at every price point at the same time. You know, having the same style at a thousand, mm-hmm. at seven hundred, at four hundred, and then you've got it at you know H and M, you've got it at Zara, you've got it at Aldo, you've got it at Steve Madden. Right. You know, it just makes people want to puke. They don't. They lost the. They lost the. Um. The urge to even have the the shoe at all at any price point. Right. And either just carbon copies. And the thing is too, like you mentioned, people are loyal to certain stores. So once they see that carbon copy shoe at Zara's, they're gonna buy it from yeah. Zara. A hundred dollars cheaper than they would from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hundred percent right. And yeah, it's not even a hundred. I mean, they copied stuff for like three, four hundred dollars less. I mean, granted, okay, they, they're not made so well, but they look like they're made. They look the same. When right. You look at them. They look the same. Yeah, you may be limping while you're walking with in them, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact. That's, 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 that's a, a true story. story. That's, that's a true yeah, story. You might have to cut off a toe in a couple of years. But <laughs> you'll save a few dollars in the process. That's okay. That's all that matters. Exactly. I wanted to ask real quick before we before we wrap up. I wanted to ask how did you how did you even get started? Where does the idea of Chucky's even come from? Like, how was that even birthed? Okay, I love that you um, that you kind of know what to ask exactly because it is random. To this day, I'm in a store, Chucky's, and I travel around the world. And they go when they hear Chucky's, they're like, "Ah, oh, Chucky!" And I'm not even talking when I when I'm in buying jewelry in Paris, let's say costume jewelry, and I give them a card. They go, "Oh, Chucky's!" I'm thinking my two bit little store in Manhattan, my two stores. How does she know it? She doesn't even speak English. But I guess people know it. Um, How I got started is interesting. I was 16 at the time, and I was in high school. I was going to Midwood High School in Brooklyn. 
my brother was working for a, a shoe company for actually my cousins owned uh, strawberries. I don't know if you know it's a strawberry. It's a strawberry. Oh, it's That's yes. a classic spot. We know about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you know that. So you know strawberries, Jay Chuckle. So these were my cousins that started this, and this was in the very beginning before they became as successful as they've been in the last twenty years. This was in the very beginning. My brother went to go work for them, and he was the shoe buyer for very cheap shoes that were retailing for $20, 30 $40. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my brother met a girl, and he wanted to get married. And uh, my brother told, my mother told him, why don't you leave your cousins and open up your own shoe store? My dad, when he died, left an empty space in Brooklyn, very small. And he said, okay. And he, he asked me if I wanted to do it with him. And I was kind of like, okay, I'll do it. And I kind of fell into it. You know, because when I wanted to leave the shoe business, you know, there was a point years later when I told my brother, I'm, you know, I want to get out of this. He's like, well, you got to do something. You got to work. Nobody's going to support you. Where are you going to get money from? So it was kind of like that, you know, reality, that hard reality he gave me. And so I was lucky that I happened to have been good at something that I accidentally fell into. Oh, and so that's you, how it started. So you my found out the shoe making by, 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 by mistake, basically. <laughs> yeah. And how we got the name was because his name was Chucky and we had no name for the store. So, you know, we had the merchandise in the store. You know, my mom gave him like 30 grand. She's like, buy all the shoes you need. You don't have to pay me back. But this is your I'm, I'm setting you up in business. And I'm going back maybe, uh, what, 30 years ago. Oh, and wow. uh, we didn't have a name for the store. And at the last minute, we decided to name it Chucky's. And that's how it all started. And when me and him split up and I took the store in Manhattan, I kept the name Chucky's. I wasn't going to rename it because it already had a following. Right. Right. Okay. I think that's awesome that, yeah, your, that's that, that your mom pushed you towards having your own and the importance of having your own. I think yeah, that's it, really it, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really was. I mean, looking back now, she really was um, pretty smart. You know, my mom was pretty smart in that way. She was not a very bossy woman. She didn't really tell us a lot what to do. But I think she understood, especially back then, uh, We the boys needed a business to go into. You know, she was afraid of just, you know, back then it wasn't, you know, you didn't rely on college. You know, we didn't rely on college, you know, especially where I came from in Brooklyn. You know, people went right to work. Right. The minute they finished high school, people went right into work. We had nowhere to go. You know, so my mom said, I'm, I'll give you the money. I, you know, why don't you do it? And from there, me and my brother, you know, we took off from there. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Dope. That's I like cool. That. I like that. I, I got to ask you one more question before we get into our random thought segment. Yes. Now, I was reading your article that you were featured in for Insider, and you had a comment about Uggs. <laughs> yes. Uh- and, yeah. the, and the sustainability of Uggs and flip-flops. So where does the dislike <laughs> for Uggs and flip-flops come from? <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. That was you, really, interesting. you did your research. I'll tell you. Oh, my God. I'll tell you where it came from if you really want to know. Here I was. I had a store on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. We were buying the most glamorous shoes from every runway collection, not the regular. We bought from the regular collection, but we would go to the runway shows and they would have these like crazy, crazy, beautiful shoes with either diamonds all over them or ankle straps or butterflies from Dolce & Gabbana, from Sonia Riquiel back then was big. Mm-hmm. And we would bring back all these beautiful collections. And then customers started coming in asking for Ugg boots. And then we noticed these customers on the Upper East Side of Manhattan were wearing Uggs. Every day on yep. Madison Avenue, Park Avenue, Third Avenue. And I remember scratching my head seeing they think that they're Britney Spears going to Starbucks at six in the morning. <laughs> because that's how the whole hug thing started. You know, Britney Spears put on a pair of cozy boots in her heyday at 6 a.m. to go to Starbucks in California in that's her juicy true. couture. That's and that true. suddenly became the trend. It still is. So guys, now imagine this. I'm seeing these Park Avenue women. In their 30s with children mm-hmm. wearing juicy across their ass and Uggs. And they're coming to my store for Uggs. I'm thinking, you know, that's you're too old for that look. And you live in Manhattan. That's not a look. Brittany was doing it because it was the morning. She was right. basically going to Starbucks in her pajamas. And that was it. Coming right back home. It wasn't the wear She out. wasn't it expecting was nobody to see her. Right. <laughs> yes. So, you know, my dislike for Uggs and Flip Flop comes from the abuse people um, the way people abuse it, okay. I find that it is it's 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 a privilege. It's not a right. <laughs> right. <laughs> With filthy feet and flip flops. Right <laughs> that is oh. a fact. Yes, <laughs> we Stay we agree. The they ain't the putting on no they socks. They just putting them on. 
He that's, just put the arms That's on. the truth. Because you'll see <laughs> people get on the train with flip flops. Walk around Manhattan oh as if it's a fashion God. thing now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You'll see people get on the train with flip flops on, feet dirty. Oh, it's like, come good. on. They're yes. like, they got the fur inside. I don't need no socks. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Wait. How do so you feel about like the furry flip flops? See their friends. They wear flip flops. Mm-hmm. So I know that they're going to get their way sooner or later. But I still haven't gotten them a pair of flip flops. And whenever I see them, because I don't even like the sound it makes. Did you ever walk behind someone in flip flops? Yeah, the squeaky oh, sound. Snapping gum, <laughs> shooting gum in your face. He said that is not allowed in my house. He said it's no. I love it. I love it. Oh, guys, oh. we had, we gotta have some decorum, right? Yes, we yes, have some decorum. Yes, we can't walk around in pajamas, snap our gum. I mean, what's the world gonna be? <laughs> that, that, that is true. And look, it's funny you say that because we're where we teach during the day, and it's funny you say that because now we got to teach everything virtually. Mm-hmm. So you get all the kids in their pajamas, laying in bed. It's like. Can you at least sit up and put on a shirt yeah. to make it seem like you're learning something? Yeah, go yeah. to the table. I'm surprised the parents don't implement that or, or you know, how do parents not No, they it? just throw them on them yep. and disappear. Yep. And that's it. It's, it's strictly for attendance purposes so we don't call and harass them. Yep, that that's, too. That's, that's the only you know, reason. I like you even more now than I did before. God bless you. <laughs> you got to have patience. Yeah, yeah, man. And it's crazy. You got to have more patience with the parents than you do the kids half the time. That's yeah. the crazy part. I, I, yes. I know. I bet. I, I can imagine. Well, we have a segment here that we do. It's called Random Thought. No, so it doesn't have to be shoe related. It can be whatever you want to talk about, whether it's election, world news, food, something you notice, whatever it is you want to talk about. Random Thought. So if you have a random thought, let us know. Oh, if I have a random thought, let you know. Um, I don't know if I want to give my <laughs> random thought at the moment. So uh, I don't know if I have a – I'm going to give you a random thought. Okay, fashion and where it's going. That's where I'm at now. Okay. Gotcha. I, have, I have collections I have to buy and where it's going. This is this is what I've been dwelling on these days. Where is it going to go? How much am I going to buy and what am I going to do? Where am I going in this fashion um, – where am I going in this fashion world and how much do I – how much money do I want to commit to putting in to the store? Mm-hmm. And like you that's said before, that's that. Like you said, it's a stock risk. It's it's, it it's like betting. It's gambling. Yeah. So you literally have to make sure you got to do all your research first before yeah. you decide what you want to buy. This is where I'm at now. I wake up in the middle of the night and I think, shit. What 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 am I going to do? When is this COVID going to end? Where are we going to be at? Right. You know, are things going to ever get back to normal? If not, how do I reinvent myself? It's like all of these things questions come into play. So I think right now, I think my biggest issue and what comes to mind always is uncertainty. Guys, you don't know me, but if you did, I could complain 24 hours a day. <laughs> I don't no, no. complain. See, see that's not com- about is what's going to go wrong or what's going wrong now or how am I going to get out of this mess? But you see, that's not complaining. That's you thinking of scenarios and trying to figure stuff out. I don't see that as complaining. I see that as being prepared. Right. And well, that's smart. That's I think smart that's I prepared. think that's game plan. You, 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 you got your game you trying to get your game plan together. That's how I see it too. I, I agree with Mike and, and you. Uh, thank you, Jerome. You guys are awesome. I mean, the fact that you guys even teach now is amazing. You're molding minds of our kids and you're doing it while they're wearing pajamas or no shirt on. Right. <laughs> Probably laying down smoking a cigarette and you don't know. Hey, look, teaching them. We've seen uh, some first and second graders with, with, with pacifiers in their mouth during the bottles, bottles. With milk in it, all that. You, you see it all. <laughs> like, wait, ain't you five, six years old? What's going on? You got a bottle with There's, milk in it? That's because the parents soaked a pacifier in whiskey. They're just... <laughs> <laughs> what, what, guys, what do you teach? What is there a subject? What do you... So we're we're teaching assistants and um I'm in first grade and Jerome is in uh pre K. Yeah, I'm in pre K, yeah. So we're teaching assistants and then we work in an after school program. We work as tutors and specialists. We coach basketball. Uh we we're, we're tutors. We as just well. do the whole sports yeah. department in our building. Yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> Guys, I love it. This is really amazing. You guys, I'm so impressed. My kids are in first grade, and I appreciate – me and Brad appreciate the teachers so much. Mm-hmm. We appreciate them because I wouldn't have the patience to do a third of what they do or a tenth. <laughs> and that, that's all it is. It's just having a – and the thing is, too, we got to realize someone did it for us. 
Right. So yeah. you got to pay it forward. It's only right. You got the right to have an education. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, someone has to do it. And they need more males in the space. Yes. We need more males in the space. Yeah, me it. and Mike is the only two males in our building that mm-hmm. actually teach. So, you know. It, right, that's it, not the it's, custodian. It's, it's re- right. We ain't counting the custodian <laughs> and the gym teacher. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, we we actually in the classroom. Teaching and we math and Teaching science. math, science, okay. all subjects and everything. We we definitely need more manpower in the in the educational Guys, you system. You are so multi layered. Like it's not just your um, obsession and love for sneakers and know everything about that. You're so you have so many layers to you, and your layers are actually great layers. And the fact that you say that we need more males in there, I agree with you. I agree with you, and I think teaching kids, I think it's really important because they're going to be molded more by the teachers, I think, than the parents at this point. Exactly. That's, that's true. Exactly. That is exactly you spend, look, true. The, the kids spend almost eight hours a day in school. Mm-hmm. You sleep for the other eight hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> two-thirds of the day is gone already. That's it. <laughs> wow. That's, you guys are amazing. Hey, Rome, you got a random thought real quick? Um, I'm... I must say, I just, I just want COVID to be over. That's that, <laughs> that's that's my red. I I want to get back to regular life. Like I said, I want to be able to walk outside and yep. actually go into the stores without without saying, "All right, you gotta wait." Only ten people, people could get in at right. a time. I, I like to be inside with everybody else and talk to people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I I just wanted to get back to normal. That's that's basically it for me. That's a fact. I'm with you on that. Amen to that. I'm with you guys. I mean, can you imagine people that aren't in relationships? I mean, I don't know. In a way, I envied them in the very beginning of the lockdown that people were home alone, watching whatever they wanted, did whatever they wanted. But now, like, you know, what is it? Eight months later, mm-hmm. I have friends that are single and, you know, they're lonely. Exactly. People want to get out. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing, too. You can't really get out and interact the way you normally Nobody would. would. Mm-hmm. So it's right. like the most you could do is have a kickback, have some people come to your house real quick yep. and hope everybody is clear and they're healthy. Make sure you're right. not in a warehouse with 500 with people. people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Do you guys work together in the same studio, or have you been zooming it up into all the time? Same studio. Because of work, we have to get tested because we work with the kids. Yeah. So we know that we're negative. Yes. So we we fortunately have been able to come into the studio. Yes. That's- but we've that's only privileged. because we've been tested and stuff beforehand. Yeah. Before right. that, we were doing the Zoom calls and we hated mm-hmm. it. <laughs> but even even in the studio, we're not on top of each other like right. that. It's spaced, spaced out. out, so we're good. No, but that's great. You got to get out. It's time to get out. We've got to you know let people get out and take care of the elderly. We got to yes. take care of the vulnerable. I think, mm-hmm. but everyone else has got to live, or you know, there's going to be a problem. Yeah. We're going to be so depressed. Yeah. That is a hundred percent true. Yeah. But we know that sneakers. And shoes will make us feel better. Oh, oh that, yeah. That's the saving grace during this time oh, period yeah. has been purchasing sneakers. I think we did a lot discount. of shopping during yep. COVID, man. Yep. <laughs> it was right. a lot of stuff on sale. Just preparing for the future. Like, oh, I can't yep. wait till I get outside mm-hmm. and I can put this together. Oh, yeah. It's going to be warm this day. I'm going to put these on today. <laughs> Guys, do you want to hear something crazy? I think my nephew, he's, I don't know, in his 30s now, he told me about your podcast a long time ago. Oh, oh wow. wow! Well, we appreciate yeah, him nephew. listening. Yeah, tell him we appreciate him listening. That's <laughs> for sure. Nephew, my nephew Eddie, yes, and he's very into sneakers, and uh, I think he even does licensing deals for some. Um, he does some licensing deals for um, for basketball players, and you know, so he's very into it. And I think when I told him I was going to do a podcast, I think he told me about your podcast. So I I heard of you guys. Before I know you guys. Wow. Oh wow, that's well, look, great! We're glad the word of mouth is yes. been around. I hope yes. I hope we were a proper representation of our podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes. You were better, guys. You were much better. I mean, the more I talk to you, I think the more I'm going to like you guys. <laughs> we <laughs> appreciate that. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Again, we look. We appreciate you taking the time out just to talk with us, have these discussions. We we sincerely appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. I really had fun. You guys are really funny. <laughs> Again, thank you so much. Again, we, we appreciate the knowledge because this is a part of of the shoe world that we really don't get a chance to delve into. Yes. We don't really get to talk about shoes as much mm-hmm. and also higher-end brands. Yes. We don't have that luxury to talk about that. So having someone who's well-versed in that who knows what it's like to own a storefront and have to make these decisions is really important for us. Yes, and it, it helps us gain a lot of perspective as well. Great. Well, good luck to you guys. And again, it was a pleasure. 
for sure. Yes. We will definitely stay in contact. Hopefully, we can do this again. Yes, <laughs> yes. Fun. Gotta come back I on. Next time, I'll have my whiskey in front of me. I love it. <laughs> That's we'll, even look, better. We'll, we'll all have We'll all have some. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. All right, guys. Thank you so much. All Appreciate right. it. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Jerome. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Easily did another hour. I'm for real, man. <laughs> What's going on, world? Your voice. Oh, we was good. Sorry. <laughs> so searching, man. I'm throwing you off with these. Uh, that, no, that should be the intro. <laughs> oh, yeah, leave it the way it is. Leave it in, Mike. Leave it, leave it in. We don't care. It's so searching. It's all right. Nothing is perfect. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> What's going on, world? Your voice, soulful Mike here. That's uh, right. Go ahead, Rome. You do yourself, Rome. Listen, man, it's me, Uptown, Downtown, Rome's around, man. I'm here. It's a little different introduction this time. Uh, we were fortunate to have an interview with uh, Rich Araney, owner yes. of Chucky's um, in New York City. Yes. So uh, we hope you guys enjoy this interview. As always, PGH, practice good hygiene. You have to. Um, you give us five stars, anything less than five stars. Yep. You are hated. Your mom Get those mints. You, right? Get those you, mints. That's right. Please brush your teeth. No, 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 no. No more mints. Brush, brush your, your teeth. No, no, no. You got to brush your teeth. Teeth, but you gotta have the mints yeah, too because after, after a while breath, yeah. the, you don't want that mass yeah. breath you don't yeah. want that yeah so please pgh <laughs> the threat level is still red yes. the rona is back in yes. full force it's getting stronger for some reason so please wash it. sanitize yep use bleach all that whatever's needed man. all of that <laughs> just make sure you clean man. we hope you guys enjoy this interview yes <laughs> there we go soul searching <laughs> there we go